Thank you for listening today. We hope that this message from God's Word will help you to grow in your knowledge of God and your relationship with Him. At Lucy Baptist Church, we are fully committed to loving God, loving people, and making disciples. Now here's today's message. I'll be reading the message text this morning, Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. Uh, You can follow along on the screen or in your Bibles. Luke 2, 1 through 20. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as had been been told them. Amen. From this text this morning, as we continue our series entitled, The Word Became Flesh, I'll bring a message entitled, God's Good News, He Has Come. And before I pray, I want to just uh, uh, say welcome and also Merry Christmas to you and your family if I don't get to speak to all of you and uh, just to express our gratitude for your expressions of love and uh, just to let you know it's a joy to be in the family with you. And we are so glad to have those of you who are uh, guests with us, family members and others. Thank you for coming to worship the Lord with us. May we join our hearts in prayer. Father, what a glorious day we have to worship you. We know every Sunday is a Lord's Day, and every Sunday we celebrate Jesus, the resurrection of our Lord. But today we thank you that we have the opportunity as your people to celebrate the incarnation, that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And Father, help us today as we consider again this familiar passage, as we consider again this 
very familiar subject to us as believers. Help us, Lord, to see this truth with fresh eyes and with new understanding. Lord, I pray even as Mary um, treasured these things in her heart and pondered them, and we believe did so throughout her lifetime, Lord, we thank you that we have this privilege today to treasure these truths in our heart, to treasure Jesus today in our heart, and to ponder, to reflect, to consider, to meditate today anew and afresh what this good news means for us, what this good news means for the world, and this privilege that we have to proclaim it, Lord, here and to the ends of the earth. Lord, we thank you for your presence here today. Lord, we sense your presence. We acknowledge your presence. And we pray that you will continue to move in the hearts and lives of your people, as well as those who aren't yet your people, who have not come to know you. Would you open the spiritual eyes of people here without Christ, awaken them to their need for Jesus. Be glorified, Lord, in what you do in our midst today as we look into the Word of God and we respond to, in obedience to you and to your Spirit today. We love you and exalt you and worship you, Lord Jesus. In your precious name we pray. All God's people agreed and said, Amen. In December 1903, after many attempts, the Wright brothers were successful in getting their plane, their flying machine, off the ground. Thrill, they telegraphed their sister Catherine this message. We have actually flown 120 feet. We'll be home for Christmas. She hurriedly uh, rushed that telegraph to the local newspaper, handed it to the editor. He glanced at it and said, how nice, the boys will be home for Christmas. He completely, totally missed the big news. Man had flown. You know, I believe many people today are missing, totally missing the big news. Many are celebrating Christmas. They're exchanging gifts. gifts. They're even, some are still being so bold to say, Merry Christmas but they're totally missing the big news. The Word has become flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus has come. And we celebrate today as God's people this good news, this big news. Luke 1, as we saw last Sunday, uh, records the appearance of the angel uh, Gabriel telling Mary Uh, that uh, through a miraculous work of God that she will conceive and without human interference, a baby will be born, the Son of God, fully God, fully human, without sin. And now we come to this celebration of this time by the providence of God, the Roman Emperor Caesar Augustus, as Edwin read, uh, sends out this decree that all are to return to um, their birthplace, to be registered. What a providential work of God even in in that. And so Joseph and Mary uh, have made their way some 70 to 90 miles from Nazareth to his hometown of Bethlehem. And uh, this passage, of course, is the one that is probably read most often in relationship to the celebration of Christmas, maybe like 
our family, you read this text again, and I encourage you to do so, to remember. Uh, But don't let the familiarity of this beautiful text cause you to yawn or miss its profound message and its big news, its good news of who has come and why he has come. This inspired account in the Word of God uh, tells us that how the Word of God has become flesh uh, in Mary's womb, that, that child has now appeared. And I want you to see with me from this passage five ways that we can respond to this good news. First of all, receive the good news of Jesus. Receive this good news. Uh, again, we see, of course, we, we've read about the, the birth of the Lord Jesus. And, and we see in this city the birth, both residents and, and those who had returned for the uh, registration uh, were, were crowded into this small town of Bethlehem. Uh, Mary, during that time, we don't know exactly. We know what the, the movies depict and the dramas depict. We don't know exactly how long they were there before she went into labor. And that time, that moment came uh, for the baby to be born, for Jesus to be born. And as we read here, there was no room uh, in the inn. And so Jesus was born in an animal stable. Some believe it could have been like a cave. That was very common uh, for animals to be kept there. And, and again, not uncommon for it to be right there near the, near the house. Uh, and uh, he was laid in a manger, which of course is a, basically a feed trough, also possibly just hewn out of, out of stone. Well, again, in this passage, we read that familiar and wonderful story about those shepherds who were nearby in a field, look, watching over their flock. It was night. Many believe these could have been shepherds because of its close proximity to Jerusalem that were actually overseeing uh, these sheep who were to be used in temple sacrifices. How fitting that on this night, the Lamb of God was born, who would become the sacrifice uh, on behalf of sinners. And so these shepherds, why the shepherds? They were uneducated. They were considered, again, the lowest class of people, the lowest paid uh, professions uh, that could be had. And, uh, and again, they were often despised by people, mistrusted by people. They were not allowed to participate in temple worship, even as Jews. They were not uh, allowed to, their, their testimony was not allowed in court. Can you imagine being shepherds and what that was like for them? How, how gracious. And again, as we preached through the book of Luke some time ago, we just saw how, how God inspired Luke, the Gentile writer Luke, to include often many who were marginalized in, in society in that day. What, what a message that is from God of his gracious love for all people. And these were the first humans other than Mary and Joseph to hear the good news of Jesus' birth. And what an announcement they received. No pageant, no matter how modern and good it is, can fully depict this experience. Hollywood cannot do it justice. An angel appeared, and of course, we see how afraid they were, and you would be as well. God's glorious Shekinah glory light appeared. Again, no light show could compare to what this was like. Uh, but again, they were, they were petrified with, with fear. We don't know which angel. Perhaps Gabriel once again spoke the words there in uh, verses 10 and 11. Let's, uh, let's look at them again. 
10, uh, verse 10 again. The angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Imagine what that was like for those shepherds to receive that good news. Imagine yourself being one of those shepherds and just thinking about where they were and what that was like. But this message is very brief. Didn't wasn't long, not nearly as long as my sermons, I know. But wow, it's so filled and with such good news. Let me just think with you a moment about a few other things that's so pregnant with important truth. First of all, it's good news. He says, I, I bring you good news. The word here is one word in the Greek from which we get the word gospel. It's the word evangelize. They were bringing them the gospel, the good news. And it, it produces a great joy. Secondly, it results in great joy. And we know it brings joy because of who he is. He is the source of all joy. And it produces joy today in our lives as believers because he is the source of all joy. Third, it's a, a baby, he says, has been born today. He came for you. Can you imagine what these shepherds thought? Me? They came for me? Yes, for you. What, what good news that is for us individually that they've heard the gospel and responded to it. And we pray for those who've yet to do so that this good news will be received by you. Again, he said it, it will be for all people. And, and first of all, that is the Jews. The Bible says this good news gospel is pre preached to the Jew first, also to the Greek. That's us, everyone else. Uh, we get to hear and get in on this good news as well. And then again, for he was born in Bethlehem, he, the city that is prophesied as the birthplace of the Messiah. He's fulfilled, as we've seen, all the prophecies concerning his first coming and ultimately will fulfill all those concerning his second coming as well. Again, this is no ordinary baby. Notice what he says about him here, that he, he said he is, he is a savior. A savior has been born. Remember, we've already seen in, in uh, Luke, and, and we'll see it again here in the, the very next verse. And back in, in Matthew, when Gabriel appeared to Joseph as well, he was to be called the name Jesus. He said, which means Jehovah is salvation, or he will save his people from their sins. Jesus said he came to be a savior. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Lost because of what? Lost because of sin. Lost because of sin that had entered the world from the very first pair that God created. That sin had, had plagued and separated people from God from now and for eternity. And Jesus came to save he came to be a savior, to die for sin. The Bible says, as our sinless substitute, he became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The Bible says he bore our sins in his body on that tree, on the cross. Again, he was buried. He rose again. He is a savior. Praise God, he's a savior. But secondly, he said he's, he's Christ, meaning, meaning anointed one. Again, uh, he is again the, the, the promised one, the one we've been looking for, the one who's been promised. He is the Messiah that we have been awaiting for. Praise God, he is the Christ today. And what a blessing that was to those Jews who heard that message then, those shepherds, and those who heard the message, and those who hear the message today for all that means for us. And finally, then he says he is 
the Lord, who is Christ, who is the Lord. Literally, he is the, he is the one who is Lord. T.C. Butler says the Lord refers to the holy, unspeakable, personal name of God himself. This manger in the baby was God himself with all power and all authority under heaven. That is why we celebrate the incarnation, God, fully God from eternity past, who created, who spoke this universe into existence, has now become human. And we know in the, in the book of Hebrews, as he's ascended back to the right hand of the Father, there is the God-man there who will be there forever interceding at the right hand of the Father on our behalf, who today is interceding on our behalf at the right hand of the Father. He's seated there in, in the heavens, and we praise God that he is our gracious high priest we read about in Hebrews this morning. But notice also the message is that, number six, that you're invited to go see him. Notice again, look at verse uh, 12, once again, the invitation that they received. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a, man in a manger. So in essence, they were, they were saying, here's how you find him. Here's the good news and, uh, of, of where you can find him. You're invited to come to him. What a wonderful invitation they received. And then, note also, the God of heaven receives all the glory for his salvation. Again, verse 13, we read about this, this heavenly host. Verse 13 says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. We know, of course, this, this one angel was there. That was frightening enough. The Lord was gracious to them in giving them a little bit of time to warm up to one angel. Because then to, to demonstrate the magnitude of this miracle, of this announcement, God sent a host of angels. That's an army of angels. I can just imagine, can't you, the, the sky being filled with angels. And now they're saying together in this loud voice, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom, with whom he is pleased. What a glorious announcement to celebrate what God had done. He came to bring peace and reconciliation to people, God with people. You see, because the Bible says because of sin, we are at enmity with God. We're separated from God. But God in his gracious love and grace and his precious son, the Lord Jesus, so that we no longer be at enmity with God, so that we can be reconciled with God. And that's what this peace is all about. Not just a good feeling, not just going around having peace. You know, people say, yeah, what do we want? We need peace on earth, yeah. It only comes heart by heart with people who are, who are reconciled with him. You see, because those with whom he, are, he is pleased that he's describing here in this wonderful announcement are those who repent of their sin, place their faith in Jesus as Lord, and then the Bible says they are reconciled with God. And if you're here this morning as a child of God, that's what's happened to you. You've been reconciled with God. You're no longer in enmity with God. And that is the good news. And that is why this is a glorious good news that we have the privilege of sharing. By choosing these shepherds to be the first to hear the good news of, of Jesus' arrival, God was saying, no one is left out. No one is too low.
We know, of course, in Matthew 2, we also read the story of the wise men. And no, they were not at the manger scene. We always put our wise men a little further away so we can uh, give the appearance at least that they're traveling to, uh, to Bethlehem, right? Uh, but, uh, but they did come, and they did come to worship. And they, they were obviously very uh, intelligent, educated, aristocratic, and uh, perhaps wealthy. They did bring some very expensive gifts. And they remind us again that, that no one is too high. No one is too educated. No one is too wealthy to need Jesus and to worship him. So wherever you are, somewhere in between, you need Jesus too. You need to turn from your sin and trust in Christ. And you need to worship him as did these shepherds and later as did these wise men. How gracious and glorious that they received this good news. Have you received the good news? Have you received the good news? Has it truly impacted your life as it did these shepherds? And we're going to see more about how it did impact their life. Notice, second, respond to the good news of Jesus. Because we see in verse 15 how these guys responded. And we know that, that they didn't just have faith in what had happened and then went on uh, with life as usual. No, and as Stephen Cole said, the shepherds did not hear this great news and sit around discussing it, as many theologians do today. And they didn't send a delegation of rabbis to Jer in Jerusalem to get their view of things. No, they didn't respond this way. They responded to this invitation. You see, they were invited to come and see. And that's exactly what they did. They left their sheep and they immediately went to where this birth had taken place. They said, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. How interesting and how important, significant, that it was what the Lord had made known to them. They believed that this word had come from God. They believed that though the angels had delivered the message, God was the source of it, as he is the source of the gospel. Even when someone proclaims it to you, he is the source of the good news. And that is why we must listen and receive it and respond to it. So they went to where the angels told them that they would find this wonderful miracle. Verse 16, notice what we see again in verse 16. And they, they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. The word found here means found after a search. So don't get the idea. They just hopped up from their, uh, their seat there or from the, left the sheep and went right there. And there he was. No, it, it says they found, it indicates they found with a search. Can you kind of picture them there in Bethlehem? You see, the angels only gave them a couple of clues here. Uh, you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. Okay, they were looking for a baby wrapped in strips of cloth. These cloths that would wrap a newborn baby after it was born. Very common thing for them to do. And again, it would be lying in a manger. Okay, we're looking for a baby wrapped in strips of cloth, swaddling cloths, and we're looking for a baby laid in a manger. So here you go, you see them going maybe from, uh, from stable to stable and looking. No, no baby in that manger. Uh, let's go to the next one. And okay, hey, but, but you all have a, a stable here. Do you, do you have a manger? Do you happen to know if there was a couple that might have had a baby there that laid the baby in a manger? So you can just kind of see them looking again the, as, as the Spirit of God obviously ultimately is directing them 
And then finally, I can imagine one of the shepherds called out, Hey, there's a baby in this manger. Here he is. And so they go to the manger where Jesus has been born. We're not told how long they were there, but I know they had to worship him and praise God as they rejoiced, we have found the one we were told about. You know, he, he wasn't in a, in a palace, obviously, was he? He was in a stable. He was laid in a feed trough. Some of you moms, I know this would be hard for you to imagine, laying my baby in a feed trough, but this is the Son of God. This is the God-man. But oh, how we could talk about what a, what a message God has for us in coming into our world in such a simple way. Again, there was no indication of royalty. Uh, and again, no one was wearing a halo. Not Mary, not Joseph, not even Jesus. He looked like an ordinary baby. Again, perhaps one of the reasons God chose shepherds to this scene. Because they would just take God at his word. You know, a lot of people today still think, this story, uh, it's just kind of far-fetched. It's kind of, I'm not so sure. Are you willing to just believe God? To just take God at his word? Stephen Cole says, The shepherds viewed this baby with eyes of faith in accordance with the word of God given through the angel. And that's exactly what we do. We respond with the eyes of faith. Jesus said in Mark 1.15, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Have you done that? Have you responded to God that way? The message of the gospel? Have you responded by repenting, turning from your sin, placing your faith and trust in Jesus and just taking him at his word? But notice the third way we see response from these shepherds and, and that we should respond in the same way and that is run with the good news. Now, obviously, I needed another R there, but I thought run was a good one, right? Run with it. I mean, this is good news. We need to take it. By the way, Jenny, that was one of Brother Herb's words, right? Run with it. When you hear the message, run with it. That's what we're to do. We're to take it to others. The next response after they'd seen him was to run and to tell the good news. And these shepherds were, were again, not only chosen by God to be the first humans to receive, to hear the good news, they were chosen to be the first evangelist. They were the good newsers, the first ones to take this message of the Christmas gospel, the incarnation. And notice again, it says, let's just read it again there in verse, verse uh, 17. He says, and when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. So again, they, they, they took this good news, and the word here, to make known, means to make known thoroughly. Again, that, I believe, not only speaks of the way they shared it, but also uh, where they went with it. They, they, they made it known to everyone that they saw. They took this news to everyone, everywhere they could in that short period of time that they had. And they didn't just, once again, share the experience that they had. They didn't just say, well, you know, man, we saw these angels. Wow, there were angels everywhere. They were filling the sky. Man, it was awesome. They didn't just do that. They told 
what had been revealed to them. They told the message of the gospel. And folks, that's, that's again why the Bible says that it is the gospel that is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. You see, many of us get hung up on, man, I feel so inadequate. I'm just, I don't know it real well. You know, I'm, I'm just kind of timid. I can't really talk to people. But these guys, you know, these guys have been living out there with their fields. They, they, lived, they lived out there with sheep. They uh, probably smelled like sheep. I mean, they stayed out. They didn't get a chance for a shower. I mean, come on. They were out there in the field. But they just told what, not only what they saw, but they told what they heard. They told the gospel. And that's what we're charged with as well. They made known to everyone everywhere. Uh, again, they, they, what they tell? They, they told that he's the Savior. The angels told us he's the Savior, the one who came to save. He's named Jesus. He came to save his people from his sins. He's the Christ. He's the one whom God has, God has promised all that we've been looking for. The prophets have foretold him from Genesis all the way through. They've been saying he's coming. And now though the, the prophets have been silenced these 400 years, now he's spoken, as Hebrews says, through his son. He has come. He is the Christ. And he is the Lord. They knew what he meant by that. They knew this means he's God. He's fully God. They told what they'd heard as well as what they saw. And no doubt, just like the angels said, it was good news with, of great joy. They told it with great joy and great enthusiasm. And their message was believable. You see, they were changed. They didn't have a, a rote program they were reading off of, okay? There was no teleprompter. They were just proclaiming what they'd heard and what they'd seen. And whether people believe them or not, they obviously knew something had happened to those shepherds. In fact, verse 18 here, here tells us that people who heard that their witness wondered the, the word all here, all the people they, that heard, they, they, they may have been the residents, they may have been the other visitors that were there for the registration, um, but, but they wondered, you know, that, that's a, we kind of think of that as a good thing, oh, that's great, that's awesome, but they also may have wondered in this sense, you know, why would God send angels to shepherds of all people? <laughs> why? Why would he not send the message to the religious leaders, the chief priests? That would make a whole lot more sense. And why would the Messiah that we've been waiting for these hundreds, thousands of years, why would he send him to be born in a stable for animals? Why would they lay him in a dirty feed trough, a manger? <laughs> I don't get that. That doesn't make sense. That's a strange way for God to send the Messiah. But you know, the really sad part is there's no indication they checked out the message. You know, when later when the wise men came and the, all the religious leaders, oh yeah, he's to be born in Bethlehem. Anybody besides the wise men go out to where they were living to find out? No appearance of it. There's a lot of people who thought it was an interesting story. You know, even a good story. And no doubt, later on, those same people who'd heard that message, no telling how many people heard that night. We don't really know. They may have just smiled. Those, those, those shepherds were really funny, weren't they? I mean, man, they were so excited. You know, I'd never seen them around here before, but boy, they were telling everybody. They were so excited. And you know, a lot of people sort of 
treat the Christmas story the same way, the true gospel of, the, of what took place that night. Oh, it's a, it's a good story. You know, it gives me a warm feeling. I, I smile when I think about that. And I just love pulling out my nativity scene every year. I just love seeing baby Jesus there. It's just wonderful. But then we can wrap him all up, pack him all up back in the box and put him away till next year. And life can go on as usual. But it didn't happen that way for these guys. They had a message to share. And folks, we have a message. That's why we need to run with the good news. We do not need to treat it lightly. Again, these first evangelists uh, could not have been more unlikely candidates for the job. And you say, unless you're talking about me, <laughs> I'm a pretty unlikely candidate. Oh yeah, you're just the kind he's looking for. That's why, again, the Bible says, why Paul wrote, in, as our brother last Sunday quoted from 1 Corinthians 1.27, but God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in this world to shame the strong. Hey, folks, that includes us. Amen? God's chosen us, no matter how weak you may feel. And listen, God takes away any excuse you have, feeling like you're uneducated, feeling you're not very well accepted, feeling like you just don't have the training, you know, you, you don't, you've never been through a witnessing class, and you're just disqualified, right? No, that would be the shepherds. So listen, he takes away your excuse. If you have heard the good news, received it, and responded to it through repentance and faith, and Jesus is your Lord, then you are, you're charged, you are now an ambassador of Jesus Christ. You are a witness to the King of kings and Lord of lords. And dear friend, what a privilege God has given us to run with the good news. But notice four, a fourth way to respond to the good news is to reflect on the good news of Jesus. That's how Mary responded. Notice once again in verse 19, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart, treasured up all these things. I love that word, don't you? She treasured them. You can just see her putting them in her heart, receiving them into her heart, not understanding everything that she has heard, but she's stored them away in her heart. This means every word that had been spoken that night from these shepherds that the angels had given to them from God. I'm sure it also included the things already that Gabriel has told her and, and just this whole experience of what God had done, even how God had gotten them here uh, to Bethlehem. And, and I, you know, I don't, by the way, don't believe they said, we better hurry over there to Bethlehem. If we're going to fulfill Micah 5 too, you know, we better get over there to Bethlehem. No, that, you know, I don't really think all that really occurred. It was just God's providence. God got them there. But then also she pondered these things. That means to weigh in comparison, to reflect, to meditate, to think on. There was so much Mary didn't understand. And again, uh, she would just continuously pray for understanding, meditating on the Word of God, and reflecting on all of this thing, all these things that had happened, both to her, to Joseph, the shepherds, everyone. And you know, it didn't stop there. It happened all throughout Jesus' life as a mother. You moms can understand that in ways I'm sure that, are, that dads cannot. All the way through his life, through maybe the fact that he didn't immediately begin uh, his ministry as she thought he would until 30 years of age. And even throughout his, then throughout his ministry, his rejection by men, 
And, and through his death on the cross, there at the cross, witnessing her, her son, the son of God, God-man, dying, his burial, and hallelujah, his resurrection, meditating on all that, and then even through his ascension, wow, Mary continued to treasure up all those things and to ponder on them, reflect on them in her heart. Even Joseph and Mary in Luke 2.33, it says, and his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. You know, that's what is so wonderful about the Lord Jesus for us who are his followers, that we can spend a lifetime, yes, even eternity, pondering Jesus, treasuring Jesus, and we'll still just begin. He is so glorious. He is such a glorious Savior. And what a joy and a privilege to know him. Jesus and his gospel are so amazing that we must never stop treasuring him, never stop reflecting on the amazing grace of God that would bring us to himself in repentance and faith. And I want to urge you during this season of the year to reflect on the truth of Christmas gospel, the incarnation with a fresh heart on all this means for you, for your family, and ultimately for the world. Keep on reflecting on the good news of Jesus. I know it's hard during these days as we're so busy, but take time. If that means uh, getting to bed a little earlier and getting up a little earlier, do so with your family as much as possible. Reflect. Reflect on the gospel. Number five, rejoice in the good news of Jesus. That's what the shepherds did. Look at verse 20. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Once again, as it had been told them. Not just their experience, but the word of God. That is what lasts forever. The word of God. Yeah, they had to get back to their sheep. <laughs> You got to go back to school, kids, in you know a couple of weeks, right, or a week or so, and you got to go back to work, right? It's uh, you don't have off that long, but you know what? Isn't it wonderful that we can continue to rejoice? These guys, you know, quite frankly, as far as we know, these guys did not quit their job. Okay, they didn't go on a a, a book circuit. You know, they didn't write a book about it, quit their jobs, and travel the country telling about it. Quite frankly they still wouldn't have been received anyway. Nobody would have published their book. They just went back to work as shepherds. But I want to tell you something. They were not the same. They were never again the same. They returned with joy. They returned glorifying God, praising God. They had a new relationship. And, and they were never again the same. And again, I want to say, folks, those of us who come to know Jesus, who've heard the gospel message are never again the same we have the joy of the lord in our life and the bible says we are to rejoice in the lord always and folks i want to say joy rejoicing is really what ought to distinguish those of us who are believers from those who are not that do you have great tidings are you giving the good tidings with great joy and i want to say if you have if you don't know that joy if it's not welling in your heart, could it be that you've never really received the good news? It's because you've never truly responded 
to the gospel. Oh, you've been maybe embraced it through uh, becoming a church member or through a baptism experience or something, and you say you believe it. You do maybe in your head, but never truly responding to it in, in, in repentance and faith and surrender. Because when you do, the joy of the Lord will be in your heart and life because Jesus is the source of your joy. And, and, and what a joy it is to know him and serve him. Peter said in 1 Peter 1, 8, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you, do, though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Perhaps we might think, well, couldn't, the God who performed the greatest miracle of all, the incarnation, the God who even arranged for the emperor to have a, a census to get uh, the whole country, maybe the empire, to, 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 to their hometown in order to fulfill Micah 5-2, this prophecy. Couldn't that God have arranged for a room in the end? What's the answer? Yes, of course he could have. So this was all according to God's plan. It was all a part of God's big picture. In his sovereignty, he arranged it that way. And, he, and of course, he has a message for us in that as well. You know, we, th we may think in their behalf, on their defense, uh, if they had just known, <laughs> if they really known who he was, maybe they would have said, hey, Take my room, okay? You can have the whole house. This is the Son of God. This is the Messiah, Christ, the Lord, God. Yeah, you can have the whole house. Just take it as long as you will. Go stay at Granny's house, you know? You can stay here. But they didn't know, right? But you do. You know. You've heard the good news. You know who he is. Is there room in your heart? Is there room in your life? Are you still saying, no, no room in my life, no room in my heart? He, he's not welcome here. Friend, I pray if that is the attitude of your heart that today God will speak to you, that God will awaken you, that even though you, the story is so familiar to you here at year after year after year, but I pray that God will awaken your heart to recognize that he is Lord. He is God, and he has come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. He's come as our Savior to die for our sin, to be buried, to be raised again. He is Christ. He's the one we've been looking for. He's the one you need. And he is Lord and God, one for whom the Bible says every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Respond to him now. Cry out to him now as Lord. Bow to him in your heart today as Lord. Isaac Watts wrote that familiar hymn, Joy to the World. Yes, he wrote it about the second coming. Jonathan, next time we preach about the second coming, let's sing this song. But we've borrowed it from, from Isaac Watts, and it makes a wonderful celebration of Christmas as well. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing and heaven 
and nature sing. Verse 3, no more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. The curse is found in every heart and life because all have been cursed, if you will, with sin. But Jesus came to set us free. He came to forgive our sin. Will you today respond to him? Will you make room in your heart today? Let him become Lord and take over your whole life. Surrender your life to him as Lord. Bow together with me for prayer, if you will, right now. This is Pastor David Lawrence. Thank you for listening to this message. We pray that God used his word in your life today. If you do not have a relationship with God, the Bible says you can as you turn from your sin Place your faith in Christ Jesus, his death for you on the cross, and his resurrection from the dead, and surrender your life to Jesus as Lord. We'd like to invite you to join us for worship. You can find information about the times and locations for all of our gatherings on our website at lucybaptist.com. If you have any questions, or if we can minister to you in any way, please call us at 901-872-0623, or email us at info at lucybaptist.com.